This is the MG Car Club Podcast. On this week's episode, we meet John Harris and his PA midget. The MG Car Club Podcast. Hello and welcome to another MG Car Club Podcast. Wayne Scott with you. Hope you're well on MGF 25 plus one weekend. Yes, there are hundreds of MGFs currently descending on the British Motor Museum at Gaydon in Warwickshire to celebrate the postponed quarter of a century anniversary celebrations from last year. Of course, it couldn't happen due to the pandemic, but now 25 plus one is on and uh, Gemma is there fielding and marshalling a whole load of MGFs into place. What's it like down there, Gemma? What can you see? I can see, Wayne, literally a sea of MGFs and TFs. Amazing. Um, all kinds of colours. I forgot how many colours there were, and so it's great to see. And we've also got the the Z register here as well. So there's some good ZRs and S's and ZTs. So yeah, it's nice that we've all come out. The weather's not all great, but yeah, keeping our fingers crossed that the the clouds don't drop those little raindrops. Well, of course, there's also been another treat because MG Motor have brought down the very first MGF ever built as well, haven't they? Yeah, correct. So at the British Motor Museum, you can see the very first red MGF. Um, I think the VIN is 0251. Um, so yeah, the very first F that was uh, made. And a lot of people will be amazed when they go to Gaydon that there are so many different iterations of the MGF from the special editions, from the various different colours. Of course, when the TFs came along and the Chinese built MGFs, they, they had a full facelift and the whole design of the outside of the car had that more aggressive look. And uh, it's a great opportunity, really, to see all the different parts of the MGF come together in one event, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And especially... Yeah, there's so many here. It's great to see everyone all together and celebrating a, a very good anniversary. Absolutely. And a very, very popular car amongst the MG Car Club. Probably maybe second to the MGB. We'll have to find out the figures, Gemma, but it's got to be one of our most highly populated cars amongst the membership. I will definitely agree with that. In all my time of going to MG events, I would always say that, yeah, most of the field is always F and TS. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know there are some celebrities there. Dr. Ian Pogson, who we've had on this very podcast, is at MGF 25 Plus One with the MG Car Club and others as well. So what I'll do is I'll set you an assignment, Gemma, uh, to go and find as many people as you can, talk to them, record bits, and we'll put it out on next week's MG Car Club podcast. See who you can sniff out from MGF Royalty. I definitely will, Wayne. I'll find you some good ones. <laughs> Brilliant. Gemma Bray then for the MG Car Club at MGF 25 Plus One. We'll bring you more from that event on next week's podcast. Meanwhile, less than a month to go to the big Triumph and MG weekend at Malvern, the three-county showground there, and entries are still very much open for the California Cup, the historic MG Car Club Auto Test takes place on the Saturday of the event and it's open to all MG Car Club members. All you need to take part in the California Cup is an RS Clubman license. Don't be put off by that. They're easy to apply for online from Motorsport UK and you can find the links on the MG Car Club website at the moment. In particular, Noel Linford, who we'll talk to on a future episode of the MG Car Club podcast before the event happens, just to get the latest on how things are shaping up. Uh, but he did tip me the wink that there are still 
places available for team entries. Now, this is either you as an individual entering and being part of a team, and in particular, they're looking for T-Register and Triple M cars, and anyone wanting to form a team for the vintage MGs as well, but all MGs are welcome. So we're looking for more teams to get involved, and also calling all female competitors. Don't forget, we have a special cup for women in the California Cup. So let's have you ladies signing up, competing against each other, and showing everyone else how it's done. Because, you know, we know where the real skills lie, girls, don't we? Don't we, really? The MG Car Club's California Cup, open to entries now. You can find all the information you need on the website at triumphandmgweekend.com or you can get in touch with Noel Linford. His contact details are on there as well. Get involved, get stuck in, and you never know. You might be leaving with a trophy. Now, talking of trophies, I was in amongst the trophy cabinets at Kimber House a couple of weeks ago to catch up with one of our members and a member who has a very special 1930s MGPA midget. is in two-tone blue. It's a stunning car. And as you're about to find out, he is a cracking bloke. It's all next. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centers and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. I am actually within the bowels of Kimber House here in Abingdon, of course, the home of the MG Car Club, and today hosting a number of MGs in the car park, one of which is a stunning 1930s PA midget. It is beautiful. It's in two-tone blue, and its owner is sat with me now, slurping away on his coffee. Hiya, John. This is John Harris. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you very much. Nice to get the car out for once after so many years not using it very much. Absolutely. Well, it's been a funny old time, isn't it, for us car enthusiasts? Not half, not half. It's, uh, well, it's nice to be able to get out, to be yeah. quite honest. Now, although we, we don't let it hamper us too much. You know, we go with our mask on, do our shopping and stuff like that, and go out to garden centres and the like. So we're very lucky that we got somewhere we can sort of relax. I feel very sorry for people in flats and stuff like that. And we also have an amazing hobby, of course, in MGs yeah. and a supportive family around us, which always helps. That's right. That's right. I've got my two. I've had the P-Type for oh, over 70 years now. Really? Yeah, I, I bought it in, I can't remember the actual, actual year now. And it's, it's a pile of bits when I bought it, all in bits and pieces. Most, most of the original bits were there. So I put it back together um, using as much of the original stuff as I could. Even though it's patched up here and there, it still looks fairly smart. But it's about 80% original, I think, that was there when it was first built in, in 1934. First registered in January 35. It's been a lovely car. I've done thousands of miles in it. You know, rebuilt it once and did a bit on the engine. Had that rebuilt again, you know, properly. Yeah. <laughs> and I've taken it down to Cornwall three times. Well, for me, it's a miracle, really, that we have any of these pre-war cars around, because when you think about what was happening during the Second World War and the war effort, if a car was around, it wasn't being used, or it was surplus to requirements, then they were put into the war effort. They were used as metal supplies for building Spitfires and stuff. And, of course, the factory that would have been here, uh, where you know, yards from where we're sat in Abingdon, was turned over to the war effort, making bits for tanks and what have you as well. So the fact that they exist at all is amazing. The fact that you've owned that for 70 years is incredible yeah. so what made you buy it in the first place well, 
I've always liked MGs. And I did have a TC to start with, and that's because our next door neighbour to where I used to live in High Wycombe, he ran a chair factory, and he had a TC, and that must have sort of sowed seeds very deep, because I learned to drive in a 1938 Rover 14, crash gearbox, you know, six straight six, lovely car, and I've always liked the older car anyway, but anyway, I, I, I bought this TC for, for a load of bits and pieces while I was living in a hostel at Harwell, because I was an apprentice there, and I, I worked there on my working life. Right. And uh, I managed to get it on the road, sort of. Um, but I met my first wife, and I needed I needed the money for a deposit on a house. And in those days, for a running uh, TC of that sort of vintage, you're lucky if you got more than two hundred pounds. They were quite cheap at those days, and consequently, people used to buy them, you know, and, and to, for spare parts. And uh, anyway, I sold it, and um, then uh, later on, because I, I met Mike Allison when I was doing my apprenticeship over at uh, what used to be the Radio Chemical Centre in Amersham. And I came to Harwell as, as a design office apprentice and then became a design draftsman. And Mike was there as well. Oh. So Mike and I have been friends for years and years and years, Mike and I have. And uh, one day he came up to me and said, um, are you looking for a car to rebuild? I said, yeah. He said, I've got a P-type. He says, I sold it to your, your drawing office manager, Eddie Gosling. Um, for 35 quid, he said he's going to he's going to rebuild it, and uh, I'll have a word with him. And anyway, one morning I, uh, over a cup of coffee, Eddie came to see me and he says, "You interested in the P-type, John?" I said, "Yeah, why not?" And he says, "Well, you can you can have it for what I paid my Callison for it, 35 pounds." Hmm. So I thought, okay, I'll have it. So anyway, uh, a couple of days later, we, I collected all the bits. Um, took them up to my home then, which was in Larkdown in Wantage, and uh, put all the bits put all the bits there, and went back for the rolling chassis, and I tied it back in my car, and Eddie was Eddie was out there outside walking slowly by the side, kicking the wheel straight because there was no steer, there was no steering on it. So anyway, we, we got it in got it in my garage, and because uh, I was busy, I didn't I did a little bit to it here and there, but not an awful lot. And uh, a lot of the parts used to be stored upstairs over the um, upstairs room in the loft. In the days when a decent loft you could get into. Yeah. So anyhow, um, sadly, after a few years, my wife had a major stroke and was unable, and well, she didn't survive it, to be quite honest, and our two young children to care for. So uh, anyway, I was, I was lucky, and people used to look after them for me while I went back to work to uh, earn a living. And uh, so we managed like that for a few years, and then I met my present wife, and uh, my family increased uh, incredibly because from having two children, um, now are six between us, um, ten grandchildren, and about three great grandchildren. Oh, wow! <laughs> so it's it's one hell of a family on part. Of course, we had to we had to move, and I I moved down to down to where I am now in Wantage in a, in a, a semi-detached uh, house. Well, it's not a semi-detached; it's an end of terrace, but it, we treat it as a, as, as a um, uh, what's the word? One that's not connected, but it's one of those, it's one of those things in planning. But anyway, it had a nice long thirty-five foot garage, which is about eleven feet wide, a massive garage. Uh, so I, I wheeled it all in there, and because I couldn't store it in the loft like I did in the previous house, I started putting bits and pieces on it. You know, just stood it around it, mm-hmm. and I suddenly realised just how near finishing it was. Mm-hmm. So I spent two years then putting it together, painting it, spraying it home in the garage, repairing the bodywork and everything else, using as much of the original car as I could. 
and then I put it on the road. I think it was back in 1973. I can't remember exactly when I put it on the road, but it's it's been on the road a good few years now, and I've driven around ever since in the thing. It's been a wonderful car. You know, I've done driving tests at, uh, to when they used to have driving tests at Didcot, yeah. and I've been up and down the country in it. You know, down to Cornwall two or three times in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son-in-law likes to drive it, so he's on the insurance as well. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> But you know, it's 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 been wonderful. It's been wonderful. Of course, just recently I've not been able to I've not been able to use it very much. But uh, today, coming down to the club to to support something that they're, they're doing today, um, I thought I'd give it a bit of a run. You know, and it was yeah. lovely to drive it. It seems rather strange not having driven it so long, but it's <laughs> it's been wonderful. You know, I I I should, I should never get rid of it. I should never get rid of it. I should, I should have to leave it to someone. Probably my daughter, actually. She might be interested in it, or, or my son. Is there a big love for it in the family? Does it feel yeah. a part of the family? Yeah, my son, he likes it, but he's, he's got a many he's had for years and years. It's been in the family for over 30 years, as many, and he, he rebuilt it. But he, he, he doesn't drive it very much. You know, I said, well, why don't, you, why don't you get rid of it, you know, and buy something else? No, I don't want to get rid of it. So, I mean, he, he wouldn't use the P-Type if he had it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he gets embarrassed in it anyway. <laughs> we used to go down to do the Brighton run in it and he used to sit there very quietly <laughs> pretending pretending he wasn't there. You know? <laughs> but you either love him or, or, or you tolerate him. But I, I love him and I love driving. I built it to drive and drive it. I do. I didn't... I don't uh, enter concourse competitions with it, only only for local shows. I've won a few things on concourse, and I've won a few won a few trophies for doing driving tests, which is good fun, you know. Brilliant. Well, of course, this is the history of the PAs. I always think of them as the cream cracker cars. They were the cars that Cecil Kimber built a works team to go and take on the trials in. So they're pretty robust, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. They're certainly are. a little bit better than the J types. The J types were also very good cars. But they weren't quite, the engine wasn't quite so strong, I'm told. Right. <laughs> Not that I've ever driven one, but uh, the P-types are very good, very good. But uh, I think once you, if you make one to internal modifications, like using modern crankshafts and modern, uh, and modern uh, shells, bearing shells, they'll last a bit longer, you know. And you won't know the difference, exactly the same uh, to look at and, and to drive. Mm-hmm. But uh, now they're wonderful, wonderful things. How how do you get on with it in modern traffic? Do you still... I mean, you've owned it so long, I should think it probably feels like an extension of your own body when you're yeah. driving it. But does it behave itself in modern traffic? Is it an easy car to live with? Yeah, I mean, you have to just... You have to sort of remember that uh, the brakes aren't as good in modern cars, so you leave plenty of distance from things. And you, you don't try and out-compete with me. You always get the idiot who likes to sort of come alongside or come close and have a look behind you, you know. Yeah. I'd, I had one chap do that just at the end of our road phone enough, and he, and he ran in and bent one of the rear wings because <laughs> he didn't stop quick enough, you know. But uh, he, he paid for it to be fixed, so that's not a problem. It was, you know, you, you take those things on the chin when you've got a vintage car, you know, as long as it, as long as it was still drivable. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're, they're great fun. They're great fun. Even even just sort of tinkering with them is great fun. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so driving with them is even more fun. But uh, having the, the the YA, which is a saloon, nineteen fifty two saloon. Uh, my missus doesn't like riding the P tops too drafty for. Although she has been with me to on one or two runs down to Brighton. Um, but uh, you know, we we go out in the, in the Y type more than anything else on the Sunday afternoon. But I do I do like getting round the round the block in the, in the P occasionally. And now that the sort of uh, restrictions are being lifted on people. I'm hoping now that I'll be able to get down to club nights again sometime. Yeah. Well, it's something we've all missed, and something we're all looking forward to resuming again. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look back on the years since you've had it on the road. Lots of years there, must be lots of memories. Some of the highlights for you, some of the best journeys or trips or adventures you've had in it. Oh, I've had, I've had some lo- sort of 
some great journeys down to, down to Cornwall. I can say we, we have a house it's in a little village called Stithians, which is just about four miles north of Falmouth. And uh, on two or three occasions, my son-in-law and I, we've taken the P-type down there and uh, stayed overnight in, in our house down there and gone up to, gone up to, to, to Plymouth on the hoe to start their, their, their run. And then uh, when that's finished, back to the village again and then back home the, on the following day. That's about 700 and something miles you know, in a weekend, which is quite a lot of miles in, a, in an old car. But the car's done it wonderfully well. But on the odd occasion, I've had trouble coming back. And one time coming back, it didn't want to go up hills very well. It kept stalling. And it was only later I found out that the 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 uh, valve, petrol valve, because there's like a reserve tank on, on the P-types, and that turn switch over valve, which in one switch side to the other, was leaking. So what we did at the side of the road, we took the took the two pipes off the valve and then bypass that and plug them straight into the into the petrol pump yeah and i've carried that spare ever since not that i've ever used it because i've had it i've got a new new pump and i rebuilt the inside of the the, the, the valve now but you know with, with cars like that you can get home yeah. you know you can tinker with them and get home you know there's yeah. always a bodge no we had we had the battery gone at once um when we took both cars down mike drove my son in law he, he drove the uh uh, the P-type, and I, I drove the saloon with my wife in it. He had his, he had his son with him. We stopped for a, for a break on the way home, and we couldn't get it started again. <laughs> we had, to, we had to call the AA out, and uh, I think there was a trouble with with the battery or something or other. Anyway, I managed to get it going. We, we carry on, carried on home with it. <laughs> Did a few modifications, but but they, I mean, that's that's half the fun of doing the old cars. You know, if you don't, if you don't uh, start worrying, that's the worst thing. If you start worrying about things, then you know, you, you'll, you'll never do anything, no. never do anything, but uh, you've got to be brave. As I'm getting older, I'm being a bit more careful and not quite so, not quite so fancy fear as I used to be. <laughs> but you feel young when you're driving that, I'm oh, sure. Oh, don't I just, you know, <laughs> I'll beat anybody. <laughs> That's you know. it, brings out the racer in you. Yeah, the, the interesting thing, I haven't had the, the, the YA as long as I have the PA, but more people stop and look at the saloon than they do at the, 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 the uh, Triple M car, because... The age of it, you know, people remember those more than perhaps the, the pre-war cars. There's a few people obviously know the pre-war cars, you know, and they always appreciate it if I happen to be out, you know, in the town, then it, people come and have, have a bit of a chat and uh, I sort of start showing off with it, as you should do. It's your prerogative after you've looked after yeah, it and preserved it all these yeah, years. I, mean, I do enjoy, enjoy driving it. I, mean, I, I support one or two local local car shows, which, which helps the town, so, you know, I always do that. But these days, I'm, I'm not quite as competitive as I used to be. <laughs> but there, I still have it, and I still enjoy driving it. And lots of good, fun memories from being in the MG Car Club as well over the years. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember I was, I was here with it when the... Uh, did I have it with it? No, I didn't have it then. Uh, when the, uh, I opened the car club, I was there at the opening of the car club, you know, which is quite a few years ago now. <laughs> you know, and there's still quite a lot of people I'm, I'm friendly with and one or two new faces... And uh, over the over the years, I did something one Christmas. A friend of mine, with an Austin, said, "Come over to St Giles on Boxing Day. Come over about half past eight. He says a whole load of of um, Austin sevens and, and and vintage cars meet there and do a run. You see, on Boxing Day. I said, oh yeah, all right. So I went and went and had a look over there. And uh, what they did was that they left St Giles and 
found a pub in, uh, I can't remember the name of the pub now, but it's out on the on west side of Upmington in, in the country that sold a really mean beer. <laughs> and uh, we followed them and I'd stopped and had a chat and, and a quick half when, the, you know, when they met the other, other guys from the run. And then they went off to their run and uh, we went off back home again. And the following years, I, was, I, was, I told a friend of mine, um, uh, John, what was his name? Used to used to own a shop in uh, Venables, John Venables, and uh, he said, "Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll come and join you." So he came and joined us, and we did the same thing. Followed the guys out to the car and had a good old chat, you know. And at the next uh, meeting of the Aberdeen Work Centre, John was there, and he said, "Here, I didn't half like that thing on Boxing Day." He said, uh, "What should we do? A little run?" Because after that, see, we had a little run round for. We went home, took a couple of pictures, and stuck it in their safety files. And so, yeah, all right. So anyway, during the sort of summer months, I looked around, looked around the, the uh, Oxford area, and I did a run of about must have been about fifty miles, something like. Probably take about an hour and a half or a couple of hours, you know, on Boxing Day. So I, I did this. I did this run, and. Uh, a few people turned up, made about half, half a dozen cars in in, Wantage, in, in uh, Abingdon Square. And afterwards they said, hey, that was great, mm-hmm. can we do it again? <laughs> so I said, yeah, said, and, and, and that's how, that's how the, the, the Boxing Day run started in the MG right. Car Club. And I worked out about, oh, about six or eight different routes, all starting in, well, eventually we start in the square. Um, because they changed all the, all, all the roads around Oxford for different traffic reasons, so you can't, you couldn't go out there and come out the easy way. So, eventually, we we started doing it and starting in Abingdon Square. So that's where it starts on Boxing Day every year. I think it's only last year there wasn't a run. Apparently, mm-hmm. um, you know, this last Christmas it wasn't, and they did one the year before. But they do it every year. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes about anywhere between sort of 30 and 50 miles on, on Boxing Day, sometimes in the snow, sometimes in the rain, most times in, in bright sunlight, but yeah. it's great. And I, I say, I used to, I ran it for oh, quite a few years, and then I got it in the air from the message. We, we could go down to Cornwall, you know, for Christmas, for, for a change. I said, all right. And so I handed it over to somebody else to run for a couple, <laughs> a couple of years. And then eventually uh, I handed it over to some, somebody else to run, and it's two or three different people have run it since then, but it still runs. It still runs on a Boxing Day. So... If you want to see a few old MGs on box on Boxing Day, go over to Abingdon and wish them well. Yeah, <laughs> They'd be pleased to see you. And a testament to you guys that uh, you're that confident in the preservation of your cars that you take them out at Christmas when the salt's on the road. You don't mind, do you? It's all no, about the driving. No, <laughs> I mean when you know every nut and bolt, you know you know the things that are likely to go wrong. Absolutely, and uh, yeah. fair enough, sometimes something happens that you're not prepared for, but but that's that's half the fun of it. You know, you yeah. get then get tangled up, you know, with problems. I I wouldn't touch my modern car. <laughs> yeah, well that's the trouble, isn't it? You know, there's, as you say, there's always a way of getting a vintage car home, but uh, there's nowhere for a laptop to plug in in that car, which is a great thing. That's right. I mean, one of the, one of the nice things about those cars, all the years they've been running, and I'm willing to bet that all the all the miles that car has done, it's never put a fraction into the atmosphere, you know, harmful fumes into the atmosphere that a modern car does in but two or three years. You know, over the years, it, 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 that sort of time period doesn't mean anything. Fair enough, there's a lot more cars about these days, so you probably can't argue that quite as strongly. But, you know, people didn't used to use cars a lot in those days, yeah. you know, and when they can afford them. But I think people use them far too much these days. I mean, I do. 
I do. I don't go very far without using the car, especially as I get older. But uh, I can understand people's views, but I'd, it'd be a shame uh, if they ever became banned off the road. I hope they never do, because no. uh, people in this country, they love the old cars. Whilst we need to embrace the future, of course, of the electric cars, and especially these wonderful electric MGs that are coming out now, that is the future. That's how people will get to work and on their daily commutes. But as long as we've got our heritage that stays on the road. They, they, they make just as much damage on the environment when, when you're making them. You're going to be the model of sustainable living, aren't you, John? You've kept your car for 70 years. I can, I can see I, I can see where they're coming from in the argument, so I can understand it fully, but I've got that sneaking suspicion that putting all your eggs in one basket is a little bit dodgy. I was always taught when I grew up, never put all your eggs in one basket. You know, so we'll have to see. I mean, I'll support them if I, if I can afford to buy one when they, when they sort of come down in price, I probably shan't, because probably died for what happens, but <laughs> you, know, you never know, you never know. Going back to its very first owners, have you been, ever been able to trace the history? No, I've, I've, I traced the history, well, I've, I found out who owned it originally, uh, and uh, I tried to find out who owned it, I think before Mike Allison, I don't know if there was a, 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 a somebody who owned it before then he knew of, but I tried to trace back all sorts of things, and I couldn't, you know, I've, I've I know that, one or two people have owned it before Mike had it, uh, but nothing, nothing more. You know, there's just no records, and unfortunately, um, a lot of the records I think were gone. Because I mean, Bobby wasn't a member of the car club in those days. Mm. The guy who owned it, you know, a lot of people weren't who had the MGs. But um, and I got a full record for the Y type right back to its original owner, and oh, wow. exactly knew where it knew knew where it went, uh, where it lived, uh, and uh, it believe it or not, which is quite a surprise to me that uh, it was registered in the same place as the P-Type was huh. <laughs> when it was first registered nice. or, or in within, within a few miles in that area, which, which was quite astounding, really. Yeah. But I knew every only, I know who owned every one of the uh, time that car was on the road. And a special thing that here you are on a lovely sunny day in Abingdon, actually, with it parked outside Kimber House and just a couple of hundred yards away and, and here with Cemetery Road. Amazing to think that when it was built, when it was new, it would have rolled past us. Yeah, yeah, it probably, it probably would. It probably would, because I mean, the, the old house, the, the uh, factory offices block is still there. Mm. Um, unfortunately, the club wasn't able to buy it, otherwise it would have, I'm pretty sure. But uh, unfortunately, we didn't, and that was just another story. But I remember opening, I'm in the club, remember the club opening, and that was a hell of a day, that was. Yeah. I mean, there was room at, at the back then to park lots and lots and lots of cars before they started yeah. building on it on the, on the old uh, factory site, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, it's good. It's a good thing to belong to, the MG Cargo, if you've got one. Very friendly, help anybody. You know, you've, all, you've always got friends to help you when you belong to the MG Car Club. You know, it's certainly done me some favours in the years. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it enhances your ownership of the car? Do you think you get more out of your car because you remember the MG Car Club? Oh, certainly. You know, you you got that that brotherhood, if you like. And mm. um, when you talk to, talk to people about the MGs, and they've got them, they understand fully exactly what they're talking about. Mm. You know, and a lot of people who aren't MG owners love the old cars too. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't they wouldn't come to see us off on Boxing Day yeah. <laughs> and come to and come to the other various meetings we yeah. do. You know, it's it's a it's a fantastic club, and I hope it goes on for many many years. You know, and carries on. Well, likewise, with you and your PA midget, we hope you continue to have lots more adventures in it. Yeah. And uh, it's a lovely car to have seen today out in the sunshine. And uh, uh, so, John, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at 
mgpodcast.uk.